Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Advisor Arena Podcast. As promised, Josh is back with us this week. Welcome back, Josh. It's great to be back. This is actually my second show back. So, uh, you know, we're getting back in the swing of things over here. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties with Josh joining us. So I went solo for a few weeks. And to really show off our technical skills, we have a guest, Judah Day. So Judah, thank you for joining us this morning. Yep, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Judah, I will um, share a little more on the podcast notes about you and the program that I'm asking you to speak about. But I wanted to have you join us this morning because you recently have had an opportunity to host Million Dollar Minds, both the docu-series and the live events with Rami and Mark, which has had an incredible response, right? It's It's been kind of outweighing my expectations of what I thought it would be. But yes, it's having an amazing response and the agents attending are some of the highest level producers you know, we have and their response has been impressive as well and how much they appreciate it. So it's been great. And it's such a robust and comprehensive program. There's so much we can dig into from a producer that's willing to kind of share all of the ins and outs about what he did to go from gathering 5 million, 10 million, 15 million to consistently gathering 100 million in new assets every year. So I want to drill down to one very specific thing that I know you had an opportunity to visit with some of those very successful advisors that are participating in this program. And that's getting back to seminars and maybe some of the mistakes that people make that they don't even realize are mistakes that are hindering their response on that, right? You were just in a room full of producers that have done seminars successfully for years that were surprised by some of this material. Yeah, it, it was honestly surprised me. I mean, I did workshops for probably 12 years personally in personal production. Then if you combine that with the, you know, over 30 producers in the room, who are doing workshops and you know, they're doing, you know, 24 workshops a year. And it was amazing to see how they had these aha moments during this event where Rami was like, why are you doing that? And everybody's like, man, I'm doing it. Cause I just been doing it for 20 years. I, I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, that's, that's part of what this was all about was, you know, narrowing down, making decisions and doing it because there's a reason for it, not just cause you've always done it. And that was, that was refreshing to see. And I think everybody has their own way of doing things. Everybody has an opinion on what works best. But when you have a producer that's saying, look, this is what this is exactly what I have done, the order in which I've done it, the verbiage that I use, how the tone in which I say it with when you have a producer that's giving you that much detail and he's gathering 100 million in new assets, it's probably worth listening to. So. I appreciate you joining us because there are kind of three specific areas of workshops that I want to drill down into. And the first is the pre setup. 
So some of the things that were really surprising to these successful advisors that they were not doing in the pre-workshop setup, but I should probably back it up a little bit because what you guys teach and what you talk about through Million Dollar Minds is really having a six month strategy, right? So I think that was one of the things that came across pretty strong, even amongst, you know, great, the the big producers, right? The big boys that are doing this every day is Rami, for example, teaches how he does a 12 month out schedule. He recommends you have at least a six month out schedule and we just call it a marketing strategy. So it's, it's putting in place, okay, on June 24th, I'm going to do a podcast about this here's the topic and here's how we're going to get it out there on June 28th. I'm going to do a workshop. Here's the topic. Here's the venue. Uh, just, just having it laid out for the year because we all get busy. That's part of the challenges of being a producer in the field. And then we kind of forget to do things. Maybe we need some leads. We need some people to see, and it's too late, you can't just all of a sudden do a workshop, it takes time to build them out. So building the marketing strategy was the first step that Rami introduced to the agents and making sure that the bullet points, the things on it are based on the current environment. So here's something that I was surprised because I have a very successful advisor that's in that program. He's consistently gathering, you know, over over 20 million a year. That's about double where he was just a few years ago when he came to us. And Josh, you can probably attest to this, but he called and said, this is fantastic. I've met with my team. We've got our 90 day plan. We're working on our six month plan. And as we walked through it, he had simply a plan that said we're going to do seminars you know these dates we have a podcast that is going to air on these dates we have a drip email campaign that's going to go what he hadn't drilled down into was what is the content what's the theme what are you going to do so that your podcast episode is driving traffic back to your emails that they got, that the ads that they hear on radio are corresponding with the bullets that they just got on your mailer. It should be like a very comprehensive plan where it all ties together. And I know, Josh, you've been talking about this a ton with the most recent uh, marketing plan we just rolled out that's kind of current event related. How often do you think producers really drill down into the, the theme to make sure that it's tying together? I, I think that's maybe one of the one of the bigger missing pieces with a lot of marketing plans is, you know, we all get everything scheduled out. Just like you were saying, I'm going to do a seminar on this day. I've got my radio show on this day. But sometimes where we miss is we fail to tie all that together so that everything sounds the same, the message is the same. And I think that's the real key with getting consistent prospects in the door is you've got to be really consistent with that message and then also be flexible too. So as current event things come up and different things happen in the world, I think you've got to be flexible too to be able to pivot a little bit and make sure that your message actually fits what's going on out there. Yep. So those are all part of the pre-workshop setup. But Judah, I want to ask you about one thing in particular, because I And you can tell me if there's something that um, maybe you were more surprised by. But I know I had advisors that said, 
wait, what's this thank you letter? I already send confirmation emails and we already call the day before. So I don't think I need to do that. Tell us about the thank you letter. Yeah, so, so no, that's, that's a really good one. And honestly, I was surprised by that myself. <clears throat> I've been doing this for, you know, 20 years. Uh, the producers have been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years. And I was like, what is this? thank you letter. What, what do you mean you send a thank you letter for registering? And Rami is really good. And the Million Dollar Minds program is all about touches and the consumer experience. Uh, so why not, instead of just having that random phone call thanking them or, or telling them, hey, here's where you go, or just the confirmation from the venue, or excuse me, the mailhouse that you're using, why not send them a letter that says, hey, Thank you so much for registering to attend this amazing event. By the way, Rami Tamiz is a, uh, a, a author. Uh, he, here's his website. Here's something about him. So the idea there is you build up the credibility about the person, and then the person that has registered to attend the event, they're basically thinking to themselves, oh, wow, yeah, I want to go listen to a author. He's written a book. Fantastic. I want to go to that one. It's not just, you know, your guy down the street. That is designed to build credibility and motivate them to show up to the event. Because as you guys know, and the agent's probably listening, there's a drop off. There's a fall off once people register of people that actually attend the event, even though they've registered. And he says, when he noticed that he does this, that the fall off uh, decreases, that the people that say they're going to attend increases, and also they're more excited to be there and motivated to be there because of getting that kind of extra little letter that's that first personalized touch that they receive, and they're not even at the event yet. Here's the thing that I've noticed about, you know, the uber successful offices like Rami's and the ones that are you know, they're doing okay, but they're certainly not where they want to be. 90% of what they do is the same. It's the 10% that is the big differentiating factor. And little things like this are the components of that 10%. And instead of saying like, yeah, I do my confirmations, I call, it's good enough. These are the things that really make the difference. So I love that thank you letter. I want to kind of fast forward now. So Obviously, there's more that goes on with the pre-workshop setup, but that kind of highlights a few things that I know were surprising. Um, at the event, there were a couple of things that even after all this time of talking to, you know, very successful financial advisors that do seminars, I know you had some people sitting in the room going, huh, I don't think I've ever done that. One was the U-shape. Tell me why Rami sets the room up this way. Yeah, that was interesting, and, and I've seen that before, but not consistently, and honestly didn't really understand the reason why. Uh, I've, again, doing workshops probably half my life, and I always set up classroom style. That's what I was taught. That's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can still do the classroom style. However, Rami is really big on establishing a connection. And so what he does is he sets it up you style. Now, why would you set it up you style? Well, imagine if you're the person that comes in, you're sitting in the back of the room if it's classroom style. How close can Rami get to you? Right? The presenter 
can't get really up and make that eye contact, make that personal connection during the event. So he's going to connect to the first couple of rows. But with U-shape, the idea is he walks in the U. He walks around and gets real close to them, talks to them, tries to make a personal connection with every individual. And it allows them also, you know, sometimes you got the guy in the back or the lady and they're just sitting there kind of with their arms folded. They're semi-interested or semi-paying attention, no matter how good of a speaker you are, doesn't matter. You're going to always have some people like that. But with that U-shape, you, when somebody's semi-not paying attention, you walk up, they've got their name tag on, you're standing you know, three feet in front of them, and you say, hey, Bob, uh, you know, how are you liking the workshop so far? <laughs> you know, they're going to sit up and pay close attention. They're not going to you know, pull out a magazine and start reading. And so and it enables a connection, that close proximity, which really helps increase the relationship, which, of course, increases the odds for appointments, which is why he has such a high appointment ratio. I've been to some events in the past where they have it set up as a U-shape as well. So I know we've got some people listening. They're like, ah, I've seen that. But one thing that I've also seen is advisors that just go in and they just they just go with whatever setup the restaurant or the venue already has in place. They don't take the time to get there before to give very specific instruction to the staff on how they want the room set up, when they want them to come in, when they want them to take drinks, when they want them to stay away and not interrupt. And I know Rami gets really specific with that. And that can make a big difference in how the flow of the event goes. One other thing that I picked up on um, through some of the info that he had shared is he does he always have strategic partners at his event that he introduces? So that was new to me, this part of it right here. In fact, there's been occasions where I've told advisors, hey, I'm not so sure you want to have another person. But what he does at every single workshop is he will have an attorney and a CPA that he you know, regularly works with, refers clients to, and things like that, because he wants them to start that relationship, right? He wants them to be part of it because they're an integral part of it. The, he always has an attorney or CPA there, and what he does is he has the attorney or the CPA introduce the workshop. Now, normally what most advisors do is they have a secretary, an office manager, or somebody introduce it, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But imagine the credibility you get when you have a CPA or an attorney that's well-spoken. Get up there and say, here's what I do. But now you get to hear from Rami or, you know, whatever your name is as, as, a, as an agent. And this really just escalates, again, the credibility. They're being introduced by somebody that people think of as a fiduciary from the very beginning that again just increases the odds and likelihood that they will think of Rami as that high level professional and have more or less instant credibility. So much of what he teaches and coaches on that I'm noticing our other advisors are picking up on is the psychology that goes into selling and how you connect with people. So the thank you letter, it builds credibility. It starts to create that connection. It builds rapport on a personal level with who the speaker is. The U-shape allows him to connect with people. The strategic partners starts to create that credibility piece. And it's all about the psychology of what's about to happen. And so if you compare that maybe to an event that 
um, one of his competitors is doing. Or those of you that are listening that think about, you know, some of your past events, you're probably cringing a little bit um, thinking, gosh, I should have done that. Or, oh, yeah, if they went to my seminar versus one like this, I can see where this was a much more professional and impressive setup. Um, Two other things that I just want to touch on quickly at the workshop one, he doesn't give them an option to select, yes, I want an appointment or no, I don't. And I think that, again, goes to the psychology of it. So how does he have his eval form set up? Yeah, this this, this was funny. So as he's talking to the producers, right, he's talking to all of the agents in the room. And he says, you know, raise your hand if you have on your appointment sheet a box that says, I would like an appointment or and I would not like an appointment. Every person in the room is raising their hand. Yeah, we all do that. He's like, what's wrong with you? Why would you have an option for them to say no? There should only be a box that says, yes, I would like an appointment. Now, if they leave it blank, that's cool. You know, they don't put it on there. Then that gives the staff an opportunity to, you know, say, hi, I noticed you didn't check this, you know, Is there something wrong? And if they say, yeah, I didn't bring my calendar or whatever reason there is, they can address it. But he said, why would you put a place in there for them to say, no, it's kind of like on on an application for a product having, I would like to buy or I would not like to buy this product. Why would you do that? Right? (laughs) Nobody does that. It's like inferring a no. Mm -hmm. And that almost caught me off guard. I've been doing this again for forever and I, I thought I've always done that, but that's just one of those things that Rami said, decide why you're doing things, measure what you're doing. Don't just do it because you've always done it. And that's part of his psychology and, and the process that he has for this whole program, which, which is truly impressive. Yeah. I, it seems like something that's so simple, but when you think to it, you're like, why am I doing that? (laughs) Why would I give him the option? I mean, it's not pushier. It's not, um, they can leave it blank. I mean, it's why give them an easy out. So the other thing I thought was interesting because I've seen advisors do this both ways. I have been to seminars where they stay through the dinner. Maybe they eat with the attendees. Maybe they don't, but they stay, they answer questions. They sit at the front of the room. They kind of mingle. They, you know, go and, and ask, how did you enjoy it? They try to set appointments right there. He doesn't stay right five, 10 minutes, and then absolutely you are exiting and leaving them alone. Was that a surprise? That's right. And I think it was a surprise to a lot of them because for example, I've been to different, you know, training events where, you know, when I was starting to learn how to do this, some would say stay, right? Absolutely. You got to stay, you got to mingle, you know, work on that connection. Others would say, you know, drop the mic and run out the door, right? So it's definitely, you know, mixed views. And it, I think it does depend a little bit on the area and what's expected. If you're, you know, in a more relaxed area, you know, you know, your area, it might work to stay, but his psychology of that was, I trust my office staff. I've trained my office staff. They know exactly what to do. And I want the consumers to see, I want the prospects to see, I trust my staff. I give this and walk away, my staff is to be fully trusted. Plus, if they have questions, then the whole idea is he wants them to be answered in the office, not at the event. He wants there to be no chance that they get a question answered and then don't follow through with the appointment because there's always a drop-off of people that set an appointment and don't follow up. Maybe they don't like his answer, 
that he gives at the workshop, or he doesn't have a full scope of their, inform, you know, their understanding, their situation, and where they are, so he could inadvertently make a bad answer to a question, give a bad answer to a question, and it could affect their ability or desire to follow through with the appointment, and he doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, really good tip, I think, and I, I know it's a one of those things that you have to decide what works best for yourself, but if you don't have a strong feeling one way or another and you've never um, left after the event, I think the tendency for most is to stay. Um, so maybe try it this way and see if it works for you and works for your area because it definitely does for him, and I know the advisors that have tried this have said, wow, yeah, that does make a big difference. Um, so finally, just one final topic that I want to talk about on this is the post-workshop process. And this kind of continues with the psychology behind connecting with people. Um, and Josh, you actually just had an advisor that asked you about this. What was it? Just yesterday. He said, hey, do you guys have a a letter or an email template that I can use that outlines the list of items I want them to bring in for the first appointment, right? So Joshua, tell me exactly what happened with that one. It's like, I may be getting that wrong. No, you're exactly right. So one of our advisors, and he's been with us for, I don't know, four or five years now. So it's not like he's, he's new or anything, but yeah, he sent me an email and said, Hey, do you guys have anything that other advisors are sending out to clients or prospects before they come into the office for the first appointment? So he was looking for something like an outline that basically bulleted out what that client should bring in. So tax return, investment statements, things like that. So it's funny um, that he emailed on that because that morning, Judah uh, was on, on our call and had talked about how Rami doesn't have people bring anything in. He leaves it open like, hey, just bring whatever you're comfortable with. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and I think that's probably a big mistake that a lot of advisors make out there. How many people that were attending the Million Dollar Minds training, Judah, so we have a room full of successful seminar agents, how many of them had been giving a list of items to bring to that first appointment? I think all of them uh, was my understanding. Now, there may have been one or two that I didn't get a response from or couldn't tell, but I think almost all of them, and, and I was taught that, you know, when I started doing this a long time ago, that's what I was taught. Don't waste your time. Your time is valuable. And I was almost taught to be, I don't know, I don't want to say the jerk, but, you know, hey, I make X dollars an hour, and if you don't, don't waste my time. So I think a lot of us are kind of taught that, but the psychology that Rami has is, and, and kind of the thought process, which makes so much sense, again, his measurement of what he does is, is really what sets him apart. And he's like, look, I've, I've paid for a mailer. I've paid for their dinner. I sent him a letter already thanking them, right? So he spent all this revenue, time, and money on them. What if giving them a list delays them or stops them from feeling comfortable enough to come in? That is the idea of it is, hey, just come on in and bring whatever you're comfortable bringing. That's all. Because maybe they want to get to know Rami just a little bit more. Why would you stop the process? Why would you end it potentially right there when you spent all this revenue? You probably spent $300, $400 just to sit in front of them. And to end that because they're not quite comfortable enough with you to bring in every statement, bank account, trust, will, tax document that they have, 
makes a lot of sense to me. And, it, and, and, and Rami has a very high closing ratio. He's all about no pressure. So if his closing ratio is over 90%, I think I'm going to copy what he's doing. That, that's, my, that's my psychology. Just take what's working from the best and copy that. That was the idea of what he said. Yeah, exactly. And I, that list of items has, I know, been a sticking point over the years where we've had, we've had conversations with advisors and we've said, look, if people feel like they have homework and they have this, you know, thing, this list of things that they have to go gather and find and have updated statements, don't make it harder for them to get there to see you. So Rami reinforcing that this works in practice and this is the psychology behind it, I absolutely love. So obviously there is an, a very comprehensive follow-up process that he follows, but that was one of the things I really wanted to zero in on that if you are doing that, try switching that up. If you don't have a 90% appointment setting ratio and you're not gathering a hundred million, go copy what those are doing that are and see if it increases what results you're getting. So as a recap, um, three things here. So the pre-event, we talked about the thank you letter. In addition to the emails, the calls, the confirmations, it's not in place of, it's in addition to. That's kind of zeroing in on that 10% that the uber successful people are doing, that's separating them from the rest. The event itself, Make sure you take time to instruct the staff to set up the room, be intentional with your intro, who you have there and leave within 10 minutes of it ending. And then finally, for the post workshop, make it easy for them to say yes. Don't put additional roadblocks in your way when you've gotten them this far. So I think overall, my takeaway from what you've shared, Judah, from the training and what other advisors are coming to me directly and sharing is, don't wing it. Don't do it halfway. Don't try to delegate everything. They want to hear from you. They want there to be credibility. They want to connect with you. And if any of you that are listening want to dig into this a little further, maybe you want help creating that letter or you want to set up a checklist or you want to get a, a tracker set up to really start seeing what kind of results you're getting from the various components of your seminar, that is something we can absolutely help with. So go to theadvisorarena.com, go to the contact form, send us a message, let us know what specifically you'd like help with. And as always, if this has been helpful, we always appreciate uh, subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. Leave a rating, a review, and we'll be back to you next week with more good info. Thanks, Judah. Thanks, Josh, for joining today. Thanks for having me. Thank you.